Hey Rebels, I'm going to be honest, clothing is one of the things I don't spend a lot of time thinking about. As long as it's clean and my wife doesn't object too loudly, I tend to wear whatever is the most comfortable at all times. If it's shorts and a hoodie, you're probably going to see me wearing it. But I also understand that there's this world of fashion and design out there where people have invested decades of knowledge and skill into the creation of clothing. They think about clothing the way I think about craft beer. They're as passionate about the, the art and the craft of designing something that will look good on a human being in terms of clothes. The, the same way we think about brewing beer. That's where brick and mortar comes in. They're a new fashion and decor shop and they've opened up in the warehouse district. And I was told they only use local designers and locally made products, which seems to me a great way to build and nurture a local industry of designers and artists. I found myself thinking that this is the kind of business that shares the same attitude and perspective as Rebellion. Janice Prosik is the owner of Brick and Mortar. I've invited her here today to come share a pint with me and explain what her shop is all about. Janice, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How's it going? Good. How are you? Uh, besides stumbling through the introduction, pretty good. That's, that's okay. It happens to all of us. <laughs> so, what is brick and mortar and how did you guys come so, to So I am a clothing designer. I have been kind of involved, well not kind of, I have been involved in Saskatchewan Fashion Week for the past six years. And with that coming to a close this year, um, Obviously, I had some advance notice, but it was one of those things where it was such a good opportunity for clothing designers to shed light on an industry that is kind of glossed over in the city when there's so much other like competition with big box stores. So a lot of it was that, what are we going to do to replace that? And how, if I'm a clothing designer, how am I going to build and continue basically my career? So this kind of started as me trying to get my studio out of my house try to grow my business because I kind of maxed out and it was taking over my entire house and to also kind of bring some other people that I've met along the way kind of on the ride with me. So I got asked a lot um, by tons of clients and tons of customers about where do you buy locally made clothing or where do you buy handmade clothing in the city and there was honestly nowhere. So there was kind of this missed like kind of niche market where people really want to support local artists and they want to buy things handmade and locally made, but they just had nowhere to go. So uh, with these hands opened up in the cathedral area, they're on 13th Avenue in Elphinstone. If anyone hasn't been there, you should probably go because it's great. So they opened, but it was still more kind of like craft focused where I wanted to do like an actual boutique of like clothing and accessories and things that kind of fit in kind of my realm. So that's where it all stemmed from. Is it just for women or is it guys too? We have a whole guys section. This has been an ongoing thing that's been kind of hilarious is men don't shop the same way that women do, that they don't understand that you can browse through all of the store, which I've kind of learned after watching people for the last three weeks. What do you mean? <laughs> is they need a separate men's section that's designated for men because if it's just spread throughout the store, they're kind of like, well, that's women's products. And I can kind of understand that because men don't really have a lot of options for clothing or accessories or anything like that that they want 
they don't want to kind of embarrass themselves by picking up like a women's product thinking it's for men when in reality that's kind of what my brand and everything that I'm trying to do is make it so that it kind of crosses like gender norms like for example I'm wearing a sweater that my boyfriend and I both share and it's one of those things where it's like it shouldn't fashion shouldn't be something that people dictate to you on what it is and what's right and what's wrong it should be kind of like an expression of who you are so I'm into comfortable casual clothing much like you are so it's like the whole goal of my brand is to make like comfort casual clothing in a functional way that's super versatile so you can wear it to work you can wear it casually at home it's comfortable it has every function that you need it to have so yeah what can people expect when they walk through your doors? When they walk through the door, we've had a lot of people stop. There is this super amazing painting, first of all, that you see. It's eight feet by four feet. It's by a local artist. It's absolutely incredible. So you walk in the door and that's kind of what you see. But in there, there's kind of, like the, the warehouse district in itself, like every building has so much character. And so there's a huge like brick wall in there that's just super cool. It makes the space super warm. So it's kind of a cozy vibe where it's kind of like walking into your friend's closet, I guess you would say, where you can find just a bunch of little hidden treasures kind of everywhere. And it's nice knowing that everything is like handmade by someone and the funds and all of the money goes directly to those artists. So it's, I don't know, it's just this cozy environment where you can kind of browse around and you kind of feel at home where it's just like a really cool mix of a bunch of different products and people supporting other people within the community, even though we're all essentially competition. It's nice to have a group of people that kind of pull together to support each other. So. Yeah. That sounds like craft brewers. Yeah, it's great. So it's a really cool thing and it's like nice to have a community like that because fashion is kind of viewed as being super cutthroat and super awful and competitive and it's basically just like a dog-eat-dog -dog world and it shouldn't be that way, especially in Saskatchewan. Like we all should be building the industry together. We all offer something unique to the mix that it's like we should be working together to build it instead of basically fighting for all the same dollars. Do you make unique pieces every single time or do you have like a lineup of this is the thing that I will be known for this particular kind of piece? A little mix of everything. I've done a lot of custom pieces. Uh, they take a lot of time and work though and sometimes like with the economy the way it is the price point is kind of a little bit harder to swallow but I do have kind of now that I've kind of caught my groove and what I like doing and what I'm good at doing and what I know I do a lot of just like cardigans and sweaters because basically that's what I wear all the time and I think that if I wouldn't wear it myself I can't really sell it. So I will create pieces that I like wearing and pieces that work for me and my lifestyle and I'm kind of finding that those are catching on with a lot of other people too which has been really good. You're your own research and development. Absolutely I am. How <laughs> else How else would you do it? <laughs> do you have a distinct philosophy to your store? Something that kind of drives you not just for the sale, sake of profit, but you're clearly doing this for something other than... A lot of it is just like people, there's a general lack of awareness on where like fashion, I think in general, that it's like everyone thinks that it's the super kind of snobby, uptight industry where people, I don't, it's, it's true, <laughs> you're laughing, but it's true, where people think that because I'm in fashion, I judge what they're wearing and I and this like I support women that are size like double zero and it's stuff like that where it's like fashion really applies to everybody that regardless of if you wear jeans and a t-shirt every day or you dress to the nines in business attire every day it kind of is a reflection of your personality so I think I'm trying to break through that where clothing takes a lot of time and a lot of skill to make and I think people need to realize that like buying a t-shirt for five dollars isn't fair or ethical really at all that it's just 
when you look at how much the fabric actually costs and then the labor that's put into it, it's kind of sad. The industry with like sweatshops and waste and everything, the industry is really quite terrible. And I'm kind of trying to shed, shed light on the fact that you should be buying locally made things and things that you know are being produced in an ethical way and things that are a reflection of your personality. So that's why I have a bunch of different artists in the stores because I don't fit everyone's like fashion sense. So I have a certain like niche group that I do, but then there's also a bunch of other people that I really support and adore and think they do wonderful work that do like fill different niches as well. So it's kind of this collective bringing awareness to Saskatchewan as a whole or just in, in general, everyone. Um, about how things are made and why it's important to support ethically made things and locally made things and all of that. So that's kind of the gen general philosophy behind it all. Does that come down to like ideas around sustainability and exploitation? Well, absolutely. Let's say fashion, the fashion industry is like the second largest um, waste producer behind oil and gas, which is really quite sad. So there is a ton of waste and a lot of just fabric choices they're made from like polyester, which isn't a very good thing. It doesn't break down easy. So it's like focusing on like fabric content and just educating people in general about what is important when buying a piece of clothing. Not only should it make you feel good and feel as your best self, but it also should be something that can maybe decompose over time is going to last you a longer length of time instead of two washes and kind of the whole nine yards. So, yeah. That kind of drives me nuts. You wash a piece of clothing and it shrinks and it's like, wow. I guess that's garbage now. Yeah, but that's and that's the thing. That's why there's so much waste in the industry is they cut things in in bulk and it's sewn so quickly because it's made in lots of sweatshops. So it's not cut directly like on grain, so it's a little bit skewed. So therefore, it just doesn't fit quite right or it shrinks or the seams will all fall out. And it's really frustrating because those, like even as simple as a T-shirt, it should be able to last you for a very long time. And you shouldn't have to basically like hand wash everything in order for it to last. It should be something that's actually made of a high quality and a high standard. So I guess, yes, the price point for locally made clothing is a lot higher, but it also too, it's gonna last you a really long time. So I don't know, there's a lot of thoughts behind the fashion industry as a whole to me, to be honest, because it's like, I'm not a very, I wouldn't consider myself a very stylish person. I just wear what I want and I don't really care. So people don't usually question me though, which is a good thing because they're like, oh, you're a designer, you know what you're doing. When in reality, I just wear things that I think are comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good. Where's people's heads at uh, in terms of fashion in Regina? Do they get it? Or are they still learning? It's come a long way. Um, so I, I mentioned earlier that I went to university in Lethbridge and I moved to Vancouver to take fashion design because I thought that I would want to learn from people that have done it for a lot of years and had a lot of, a lot of experience. So I went out there and when I came back to Saskatchewan, I noticed that we're quite a few years behind on trends where it was kind of hilarious that things at the start, things that I made six years ago were trending like two years ago. And it was like, this is crazy to me how like people can't, like the, the internet exists, people can see it online. So we're coming a long way, but we're still like a little bit behind on trends, which isn't a bad thing because I think trends are kind of BS to be honest where it's they are though that's why there's like such waste in the industry is everyone thinks they have to be on trend all the time so every season you need to throw out your entire wardrobe and get something all new when in reality it's I think it's ridiculous <laughs> like it is though it is ridiculous to have to follow those trends and that's kind of why there's a lot of waste and so a lot of it is people if they just relax a bit 
and just wear what you want to wear, um, it's everyone's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. What is the deal with mom jeans coming back? I don't know. See, that's another one of those things. I think they're so bad. Because <laughs> they, they look like a diaper on so many people. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't, I don't think it's flattering. No. But I, I'm not a fashion person. Yeah, that's the thing is, like, even these experts or these people high up, who knows how they're actually pulling these trends, but they have been saying for forever that the 80s are coming back and 80s shoulders are coming back, but nobody wants them to come back, so therefore they haven't come back. Or they say that, like, skinny jeans are on the way out, that bell-bottom jeans are the new thing. So, yeah, people are buying maybe one pair of bell-bottom jeans, but everyone just replaced all their other jeans with skinny jeans to get their boots on to wear like nice boots but then now they're supposed to be going out of trend but nobody wants to like buck the trend because it sucks <laughs> so it's a thing that it's like fashion is really changing and there's a lot of change in the industry as a whole on like what's trending and having clothing be an expression of yourself instead of following what these top people say is trendy or what's happening so I don't know but you notice like it's it's kind of interesting to look at these forecasts and trend forecasts and things and see like oh, they say that this color is going to be the next hot color. So all of my fabric choices then are kind of limited to that color being kind of pushed on you. So then all the designers are making things with that color. So then everyone thinks it's trending, even though in reality it's being pushed from above. So like mustard yellow, for instance, is like hot, hot, hot right now. And I was at a craft show this weekend and I just noticed like the mustard yellow on people and just how they're wearing it, that people are like, I will honestly, it's kind of a tricky and evil marketing tactic, but I will cut something in mustard yellow just to draw people's eyes because now that they're seeing it more, they're thinking that it's trending and people are always trying to be on trend, which is, they really should throw that out the window. So they'll see mustard yellow, they'll come into the booth and then I kind of keep them in there for a while. So <laughs> I don't know, it's a thing. I have kind of a love-hate relationship with fashion, and I'm in it, so. It's like the dark underbelly of fashion. It is. It's like, <laughs> but you don't know if it's getting, like, if trends and ideas are getting shoved down your throat or if you're actually, like, starting them, that it's kind of this weird balance of, like, you trying to be trendy and grow and have this, like, be a trendy person on the street, but then also it's being shoved down your throat from above that people are basically pushing these fabrics because they say they're going to be the next trend, but that's all that's available, so... I don't know, it's kind of a weird, a weird thing. It's funny that you bring that up. In the world of beer, uh, last week I posted a meme about we have all the craft beer, both kinds, hazy and sour. Because yeah. hazy and sour is the new hot rage. It's like sour beer too, that's exactly the same thing where it's like sour beer is the hot thing. So. But we've been making sour beers for over five years. Yep. And five years ago when we launched a sour beer, it did not sell. No one was buying it. We're like, this is really great, you guys. This is so awesome. It is so good. <laughs> and then we won a medal at the World Beer Cup yep. for a sour beer. And then suddenly everybody's like, oh, oh sour beers are the thing. Yep. So <laughs> They're like those t-shirts those or they're like, there's like a meme on a t-shirt or whatever you want to call it where it's like, I like bands that don't exist yet. That's kind of like how I am with sour beer that I'm like, oh, I drank this years ago. Now that everyone likes it, I can't like it anymore. <laughs> so even though I, I love it too much to give it up though. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like anytime anything goes kind of mainstream, it's like, oh, it's not cool anymore. And that's the same as fashion though too, is you want to be different and set yourself apart. But in reality, does it really matter? No. <laughs> The hipster twirly mustache thing? Yeah. It's just, oh, it's ridiculous. Everything is ridiculous. But it's like, if that's who you are, cool. You should rock that and do your thing. But it's like, don't try and force something that's not you just because you are worried about what other people are going to think of you kind of a thing. So, 
I yeah. never have. I am the uncoolest. I'm really leaning into the dad thing. But that's no, but that's <laughs> see, that's your like style, and that's totally, totally fine. I just don't have New Balance sneakers, and ankle. Oh. What is it? Uh, calf high socks. What were you calling them, Louise? Yeah, pull them up. The socks. Socks are <laughs> hilarious, but that's trending now. Have Tube you seen socks? that? Yeah, that men wearing like sneakers and high socks, like those mid calf socks. That's like in. I thought that was a joke. No, it's a real thing. Like and like ironic. Tilly hats and fanny packs. I'm not kidding. It's absolutely ridiculous. Fanny packs are back? Da- fanny packs are way in. They're kind of starting to go back out. They were in and now they're going back out again. Did it, did it go too fast? Did I miss that? You kind of missed it, yeah. But like Tilly hats right now are like in. My dad never stopped wearing a Tilly hat. But See? He's a, he's a fisherman though. But that's like what's trending now. It's wild. And that's the thing is it takes like one young influencer to be like, or one celebrity basically that's like, I don't care what people think of me. Until he had a super functional. So he probably wore it out and then people are like, oh my God, that's the new trend. I have to wear it. And so that's how things kind of like catch on. <laughs> and it's so bizarre. Um, I do lashes on the side. And I had this one lady talking about her two girls that are in high school. They had to go, they came up with her to the city because they had to go to Cabela's to buy a like a Bass Pro Shop hat, because that I guess is the, the hot rage in Indian Head High School. So Bass Pro Shop hat. Yeah. So the ones like literally the generic like trucker hat with the mesh back with Bass Pro Shops, like the emblem on the front. They are like the hot thing with the kids nowadays, apparently. And I was like, this is so bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's. Get into some sour beer. We, we started joking about memes and the ephemeral nature of fashion and beer. Yeah. This is called Scotty the Dino Sour. That's a good name also. Cheers. Cheers. Did the clink make it on? I hope it did. For sure. I also, yeah, I like the creative naming. So this one, I think it's about 6% ABV. Mm-hmm. It's actually something we've done in collaboration with the Royal Saskatchewan Museum. Oh, that's cool. Because they launched the brand new Scotty the Dinosaur exhibit. Yeah. And as you may know, Scotty is the largest T-Rex skeleton in the world. Mm-hmm. I think North America for sure, and I'm pretty sure the world. So we said, let's do a tribute beer, and we we're trying to come up with names, and then we jokingly said, dinosaur, like dinosaur candies. Yep. And Dave was like, I can make a sour beer. So he did. That's sweet. It kind of has like a, like if you smell it, it reminds me of pineapple. I can see pineapple. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Tickles, tickles the jowls. <laughs> Not aggressively tart. Mm-mm. It's really smooth. I think that comes from the lactose, which is going to kill me later. <laughs> It's like drinking a tall glass of cool milk. <laughs> Just kidding. It's not at all like that. <laughs> so you said you're a sour beer drinker. Like, is that your go-to? See a sour In the summer, sour? yeah. I really, I like sour beers because they aren't as sweet as Rattlers. That they're very, like, it's like drinking lemonade on a hot day, but it's not sweet. I don't really like super sweet things, so that's why I really like sour beers. And they also, too, are more than... 2.75% or whatever it is. So it's actually like drinking a beer, but it doesn't have this sweet aftermath where your teeth feel fuzzy. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. So thumbs up, thumbs down on Scotty the Dinosaur? Four thumbs up. Two, two, two hands and two toes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Scotty was here to be like two claws up. No, it's really good. I, um, 
I really like uh, like the Nokomis Kettle Sour. I really like that one. The Winter Kettle Sour I found to be a bit stouty, like stouty tasting. But this one is a very, it's be a very close contender to the Kettle Sour, the Summer Kettle, summer kettle, kettle Sour. I can't even say it. Um, I really like this one. I would 100% buy this beer. One of the cool things about this is it's the base for our upcoming Blackberry Sour release, which will be probably by the time this episode airs maybe a couple weeks away perfect and then it'll sell really fast and there will be nothing left i know i say i need to get in for the blackberry one because that would be really good do you have a favorite fashion story that you like to share with friends you probably got a, quite a few memories from. i traveling. feel like there's a few i can't share in case they are in case the people that i that it's happened to are listening. The dirt. I can't share those ones. Um, <laughs> in what context? Let's say you're sitting around with friends drinking yep. a sour beer. Oh, see, no, I can't tell that story. You can't tell that story. <laughs> I can't tell that story because it's really bad. Well, okay. Oh, fine. We're going to go for it. Um, <laughs> to the person, if you're listening and this was you, I don't know if she really quite realized it, which is okay. So I apologize in advance. <laughs> don't hate me. I won't share any names. So this was a couple years ago at Fashion Week, and I had recently just launched. I did um, a Little Monsters brand, which is like kids and like maternity wear and yeah, a bunch of stuff. So anyway, I only had made a couple pieces at that point, and there was this one little baby dress that I had there. So it was like a little t-shirt dress and it had a zipper in the front and two pockets and it was made for like an 18 month kid and i was at fashion week i had a couple of these pieces but it wasn't clearly like segmented into like a kid's section it was just kind of in the mix of everything and this lady goes into the change room i didn't know what she had and she walks out of the change room and she asked me she's like well what do you think and I was looking at her and I couldn't figure out if it was like one of my pieces because I was like, I don't recognize that piece. I have no idea what that is. Uh, I thought it was the girl beside me that she grabbed one of her things. And then I saw the two pockets in the front and I realized that she had put on this like baby dress as like a t-shirt. And so then she was like, oh yeah, like it's really, really cute. But like the pockets were up in an inappropriate spot and it was fitting like a crop top and her comment was that it fits really good it's just the arms were a little tight and i didn't know what to say she fit her arms in a baby dress yeah like how tiny were her arms she's pretty small but a lot of it was it was like uh i didn't really know what to say and i was like yeah it might be a little small i would try something else so that happened and then like not even 10 minutes later some lady came out uh wearing a dress backwards and she's like oh my god i love it i have to buy it and i didn't have the heart to tell her either that she had it on backwards but i was like well fashion is up for interpretation so so anyway that was like i don't know that's kind of my go-to story where it's like you wore backwards and, you wore and she wore a baby dress baby dress and a backwards dress so i'm like you know what what do I know? Maybe it was meant to be worn that way. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was something. So anyway, ever since that, this like little baby dress has haunted me because I won't take it to shows that I have my women's clothing at because I'm worried it's going to happen again. So yeah, my mom was actually there 
and she couldn't see what came out of the change room, but she was looking at my face and she said <laughs> that she was laughing because my face just like said so many reactions of me not knowing what to say and it was so awkward. <laughs> and so she, she gets a kick out of it too. <laughs> mm -hmm. Where can people find your shop? What's the address? My shop is 1170 Broad Street. Um, I am in the back of the building now. So if you can get to Value Village in Regina, go across the street directly north and I'm on the side of the building. So I am where Perimeter Hair Salon used to be. Uh, in the front of the building there's now the Beach Club, which is a tanning salon and they have a bunch of like resort wear. That's what it is. And so yeah, if you can get there, you go around the building and I'm on the side. Super cool. Come check it out. <laughs> Janice, thank you for your time today. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Thanks for the beer. That's what really matters. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Rebels, thanks for listening today. I'm going to include links in the show notes so you can find out more information about Janice's work. And I'm also proud to let you know that the Rebellion Brewing Podcast is an affiliate member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. If you're into podcasts, you're looking for great content produced right here in our province, the Sask Podcast Network at saskpodcastnetwork.com is a great one-stop shop to discover local stories to listen to. As always, if you want to find the latest news about Rebellion Brewing, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Untapped. Untapped is like Facebook for beer. Thank you for joining the Rebellion. Uh, 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 uh.